Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Maddie was my best friend. She was the first person I talked to every morning and the last person I talked to before bed. We delve into the very latest in the University of Idaho murder investigation with Sidebar co-host Anjanette Levy, who's on the ground in Moscow. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Through all this, I hope we can all look through that dark tunnel and see the light and follow that light. And I pray that we have justice someday. All right, let's get back to our coverage of the University of Idaho quadruple murder case because we're learning new details surrounding the stabbing deaths of 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zana Kernodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin. Their bodies found in their off-campus home out in the college town of Moscow. These killings happened three weeks ago, and at the time of this recording, there have still been no arrests made, no suspect identified, no murder weapon recovered. Well, as I mentioned, there are these new updates, and I want to bring in right now my co-host here on Sidebar, Anjanette Levy, who is on the ground in Moscow, Idaho. Anjanette, it's good to see you. Hey, Jesse, good to see you. And I want you to see just behind me, the house here, there's still security around the clock, still crime scene tape around this house. It is still a crime scene, so they are preserving it just in case they need to go in to get more evidence. Yeah, let's talk about that. So you're literally right outside of the crime scene. That is the house where all this took place. What have you noticed so far since you've showed up on scene? This is 1122 King Road, and this is where this sadly occurred a little more than three weeks ago. Crime scene tape, as I mentioned, still here. Private security has been hired to help guard this location. Some of the cars just switched out a short time ago. This is a community that's really on edge. We've been reporting that there's been an increase in calls for welfare checks and things like that. I was here yesterday walking around a little bit 
bit, just trying to get a feel for how people are feeling. And it sounds like a lot of the cab companies here in town, at least one of them that I called to try to get a ride, it said that because of this situation, because of this awful thing that happened, they're not operating 24 hours a day. So there's real fear here that there is a killer still on the loose and people just don't feel safe. Yeah, that's terrifying. I I, I think there's one thing to be said. We, we kind of get these reports about the feeling from the community, but to have you in there on the ground and hear these firsthand accounts about what people are feeling living their lives day in and day out with a killer presumably on the loose is very terrifying. Now, I, this is interesting because we have done shows, Anjanette, about the house and the layout of the house, but you're actually seeing it. Is there something that's surprising you about seeing the house firsthand, maybe how big it is, the structure of it, the way it's laid out, just from seeing it from a firsthand account, what should we be taking away? It feels a little bit bigger, just me looking at it. It feels a little bigger than I would have thought it was on television. Obviously, we knew there were three floors. The victims were found on the second and third floors. So I think you get a better feel for how this place is laid out. Also, there's an apartment building right next door. Literally, there's a driveway and an apartment building. So this is not in a secluded area. This is in an area that is surrounded by other housing. So they've said, the police have said that the victims were sleeping when they were attacked. Some had defensive wounds. We don't know which victim had defensive wounds, but obviously nobody was awakened by screaming or anything like that. So we know that the killings, the bodies were found on the second and third floor. When you're looking at at the house, my understanding is there was reports of a ladder. There was reports of maybe a tree in the sense that if a killer or killers entered from the second floor, do you notice anything by looking at the house, anything as a way someone might have gotten access to the upper levels of the house? I haven't noticed that just yet, but it did seem when I kind of was driving up around that area today, it looked like you could possibly climb up if you, if you wanted to. I did not immediately see that, but obviously there's been a lot of speculation that this person got in through possibly a balcony or some other sliding glass door. So we're going to take a closer look at that here in a little bit. All right. That's right. It's great to have you down there. Okay. So let's talk about this. One of the updates we've learned about is this stalking claim. Right, there was this claim that Kayla Gonzalez had a stalker. We're learning new details about that, right? Police said they looked into that and that Kaylee had maybe mentioned that to family and friends. They went back and found that this is what the police are saying on their Facebook update, that there was a man who maybe wanted to approach her. He was there at a store or a restaurant with another man, and he had, these guys were there looking to meet women, right? And so they were saying that this guy kind of was hanging around, he was near her, and maybe wanted to approach her to to initiate some type of conversation. The police said they've interviewed those two people and do not believe they're involved in this, in this homicide. So they're wondering if that is what Kaylee was referring to when she mentioned something about a stalker. But it sounds like they're still looking for more information about that claim and they want to vet that a little more and, and explore that a little more. Because in these crimes, it's all about ruling things out. You rule things in, but you also rule them out. And ruling them out can help you get a little closer to the answers you're looking for. Yeah, detectives concluded that this was, quote, an isolated incident and not an ongoing pattern of stalking. There was also an update about a dog, that there was the presence of a dog at the crime scene, but not entirely clear if that dog was there when these attacks were carried out, right? What do we know about that? Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. 
I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, Kaylee Gonsalves had a dog named Murphy. That dog is with apparently her ex-boyfriend right now. They shared the dog from everything we've seen in the reporting on this case. And over the weekend, Steve Gonsalves, who is Kaylee's father, kind of was asked some questions about the dog and whether or not Murphy, the dog, had any evidence on him and whether or not that evidence was collected. And he said he didn't know. Well, the police have now come out on Monday and said that the dog did not have evidence on him, that he was in another room where the crimes were not committed. So this dog, we don't know how the dog ended up in the other room, whether the killer put him there, was familiar with the dog, or whether maybe the dog just slept in another place. But they say that the dog did not have evidence on him, forensic evidence, and was kept in this other room. So that is where police found the dog. So it's not believed that the dog has any evidence on him or could yield any clues. You know, Anjanette mentioned Mr. Gonsalves, who has been quite vocal during the course of these proceedings. Not during the course of this investigation, I should say, and it's not surprising. You can just hear the frustration in his voice about not getting answers. He mentioned the other day about that there's the points of damage don't match, that the brutality of one of the victims was different than the brutality of the other victim. My understanding is the Moscow police have come out and somehow responded to that because I think they're trying to keep everything under control. They're trying to keep the information that is coming out to the public coming through them and not other parties. What can you tell us about how the Moscow police have responded to the comments of Mr. Gonsalves? Yeah, they seem to kind of throw some cold water on that, saying that they haven't released this type of information to anybody, that these they haven't discussed who was, you know, they've said they were all stabbed, of course, that's what the coroner concluded, and that some of them had defensive wounds. But they have basically said, we haven't been discussing this with anybody, we're not releasing this information, and that nobody should be drawing any conclusions from anything that other people are saying. So there are reasons why a lot of times this type of information is not released to the general public. So it seemed like they tried to kind of distance themselves from that claim over the weekend. And again, completely understandable. The flow of information is going to be really important in this case. And Jeanette, now that you've arrived in Moscow, Idaho, what are your plans? What are you, who are you going to speak to? What are you planning to do? Give us all a sense because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of updates with you here on Sidebore as this, as this investigation progresses. Well, we are going to try to talk to whomever we can, of course. You know, we are going to be speaking with the Moscow police. We've reached out to some other people related to the case. I spoke briefly by phone with Kaylee Gonsalves' father yesterday. So we're looking to speak with 
everybody that we can about what has transpired here. Obviously, the families of these young people are grieving. They are heartbroken. I, I just, as a parent, I can't imagine what they are going through. So they are, um, I think Steve Gonsalves is frustrated. He's grieving. He's lost his daughter in a horrific way. Also, Maddie Mogan, who Kaylee, they've been described as sisters, you know, in their obituaries. They describe each other as their chosen sister. So we're looking to speak with whomever we can, and we're just going to kind of try to get the lay of the land and see if we can find out anything about what's going on with the investigation. Right. And, and, and I think something else to note for us, we say it's been three weeks since this happened. So much time has passed. But for the families, think about how fresh this is in their lives, in their minds, in their hearts with what happened to them. So something to keep in mind there. And Jeanette, thank you. Great reporting. I'm happy you're going to be on the ground giving us updates on what's happening. But at the same time, and Jeanette, please stay safe. This is a very, very dangerous situation. We appreciate you going there. And all ultimately, uh, you know, reporting back to us what you're learning, but please stay safe out there, Anjanette. Will do. Thanks, Jesse. And that's all we have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.